Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Equality in Business podcast. Our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Rena Clement, and I'm a second year international student at Catholica Lisbon. In today's episode, we will talk about motivation and stress in organizations and talk about this with us. I'm really excited to introduce to you Atina Cunha, who is a professor at Catholica Lisbon School. A very warm welcome to you, Atina, and thank you for being here with us today. Shall we start? Yes, for sure. So first of all, let's go and let's start. And thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And hello to our listeners, future listeners, <laughs> and nice to meet you all. So let's start. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, we would like to start with a little ritual, as you all know. At the end of each uh, podcast episode, our guests ask a question related to equality to our next guest. Uh, in our last episode, I suppose that you already know, right? We spoke with uh, uh, Tozin Adini from uh, Not Forgotten Initiative and FI School. And the question Tozin left for you was, how can communities and organizations build more inclusive education centers in poor communities in Africa? Okay, so let's go and let's start. So this is for sure um, a very interesting question. And I'll know, although I also told you it's not my area of expertise, I can share my point of view after listening to the podcast and knowing a little bit more of this amazing initiative. So um, actually, uh, last month, I was participating in a meeting um, and someone asked me if, if, for example, a brand new smart city was created, uh, who would I like to be? For example, would I like to be a doctor? Would I like to be a firefighter, a chef, a philosopher? So between all the professions in the world, what would I feel would be the most relevant? And I would still maintain my first guest and the first gut feeling that I got, which is being a teacher. So I love the quote from the poet and civil rights activist, Maya Angelou, that states that I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people never forget how you made them feel. And I think this could really guide me um, in the pursuit of providing memorable experience that I try to do with my students. So leveraging on this um, and the objective of creating unique teaching moments for a new generation of students, I automatically think that this would really connect to the question that was left me by the previous guest. Meaning that for sure that education is a core pillar for every community and for sure in poor communities like Africa. And I think it can be the difference between having or not an opportunity to succeed and change what somehow could be a predefined life that is unfortunately expected for those children and youngsters. So I did a little bit of research and according to the World Bank, which defined a global learning crisis, as it referred that 90% of children attending schools in Africa do not read at their grade level and are unable to demonstrate that they are effectively learning the topics that they are taught in the classroom. So for me, in answering the question, sharing knowledge about what is working and trying to scale me up with successful partnerships with organizations, for sure would accelerate improvements in learning and trying to create a more inclusive education center for me. Oh, okay, good. Thank you so much for your answer. Um, actually, this was a question not totally related with this topic, and you answered it very well, so thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, now let's start with our topics for today. 
I would like to start by uh, talking about motivation. So first question, uh, what are the main outside factors that impact our motivation or ability to complete our work by given deadlines? Yeah, this is a very interesting question as well, because first of all, I don't know if our listeners know, so what is motivation? Okay, so that could be a starting point for our question. So I should start by explaining what is that, okay? So motivation is the process that initiates, that guides and maintains goal-oriented behaviors. It is something that is what causes you to act, all of us to act, whether it's for me, if I get thirsty, I want to get a glass of water, or if I want to read a book to get more knowledge about a certain topic. So motivation at the end of the day involves all the biological, emotional, social, and cognitive forces that activate our behavior on a daily basis. So one of the things that for me is very important is this at the end of the day, motivation is the driving force behind human actions. If you can summarize all of our classes of organizational behavior into sentences. But you can be motivated by extrinsic and intrinsic factors. When I'm talking about extrinsic motivation, it refers to the factors that are outside the person. For example, in a workplace, workplace environment, for example, like bonuses. And intrinsic motivation occurs within the individual. For example, when you feel accomplished, uh, when you finalize a task that was very hard and you did it successfully. So answering to your question, there are many factors that can impact your motivation um, and the goal that you have to complete your work by the given deadlines, for sure. For example, believe it or not, the leadership style um, that you are within your team, it will impact. For example, to be effective, leaders must try to understand what are the best leadership styles for each type of employee, as not all employees respond well to all leadership styles. Then, for sure, another factor that will impact is the recognition and the praise, the meaning and the purpose that you have with the job that you're doing, having a positive company culture, so much more, so much research has shown that it's very important, professional development opportunities, job advancement opportunities, also financial benefits, and much more. So I think that everyone should reflect what are the driving forces that impact themselves to be the best possible employee, teammate, manager, leader, at the end of the day, person that they can be, and not only professionally wise, but also in the professional life. Okay, uh, like a clear answer, and thank you for giving us the definition of motivation. Uh, so, with this uh, answer, do you believe managers and leaders uh, have an important role in motivating people around them? I think that, uh, like I explained in the previous answer, what is motivation? I think it's also interesting because. Sometimes people that are not so used to organizational behavior concepts, they, they can mix up what are the difference between leadership and management or leader and a manager, okay? So these concepts are often used interchangeably um, and while they are for sure complementary, they are not the same. Okay, so it is important to recognize the difference in style of approach to team management, to not utilize each at the appropriate time, take advantage of the benefits of both of them, and also to understand what are the potential consequences of each. So a manager will for sure direct employees with their work and tasks, whereas the leader will motivate them to do their best in their work and tasks. So managers will be responsible for delivering orders, organizing workload and flow. Uh, they will also assigning tasks to their team members and also tracking and managing results, ensuring that at the end of the day, the job is done and the results that the company is trying to achieve, they are uh, reachable. 
So but the thing is that uh, with employees increasing, increasingly wanting more growth, more flexibility and trust in their work, a leader will for sure focus on bringing out the best in people and getting them to use their skills and talent to inspire results. So for example, from my personal point of view. So I think that both roles are for sure relevant in motivating people around them. For example, um, when I hear my CEO speaking, for sure I get inspired to do my best to help the company achieve the vision it aims. And for sure this is a boost of energy and the positive reinforcement for my goals inside the company. But on a daily basis as a manager, for sure it is essential for me to understand how my team is feeling, what are the right tools that I can give them for them to execute tasks the best way they can, and also how, what should I apply and change in my style of manage, management in order to fit with the different needs that each person from my team has. So because everyone is different and it is my job to understand um, and work in the best way that I can in order for me to share insights in a successful way. So for sure, both of them, although different but complementary, will have an impact on the motivation of the teams and the people around them. Oh, thank you. Actually, I uh, didn't know that the managers and leaders, the definition was different. So uh, thank you. And I, I suppose that most people didn't uh, knew it too. And then uh, regarding your own case, what inspires or what motivates you to be successful in your role every day as a professor? Yeah, uh, to answer this question, not only as a professor, but I, I wanted to took, uh, to took a deeper look inside also my career so far. So for people that do not know me, besides I'm being, of course, a professor at Catholica of Organizational Behavior, um, I started my career in the telecom sector in an area of customer experience at a time where uh, talking about clients, stepping in clients' shoes was not very common or popular. It was so many years ago. So after that and after four years, um, I took the challenge to help build the first digital hub in the leading energy company in Portugal. And within that hub, I had the mission to manage and deliver customer-focused digital solutions based not only on agile methodologies, but also embracing design thinking processes. And for sure, this allowed me to follow closely digital marketing and technological trends. And in 2019, I joined Santander Consumer Finance in Portugal as the head of transformation. And adding to this, for sure, like you introduced myself, I also am an educator at Catholica. So answering to the question, I think that I'm very lucky so far on the life that I've lived because the education and the values that my family gave me were so essential also to shape my personality and the way that I portray myself. So I'm for sure a truly passionate, energetic and curious person, which makes me much more alert and aware of a lot of things on a daily basis that impact my motivation and that inspire me. For example, uh, believe it or not, and you know, Joana, I get inspired by, by my students and what we learn together. I get inspired by my team on a daily basis and I try to be a factor of inspiration for them. And I also get inspired by the interactions that I have and the people that I meet. For example, I still remember three years ago um, that I went to an event and that there was a Harvard University professor called Paul Ben-Shahar um, and he's responsible for an amazing book called The Joy of Leadership. So we have an opportunity, invest on that because it's a very good book. And he has identified the core characteristics, behaviors, and cognitive styles that our best leaders share. And he has developed a way uh, for everyone to cultivate those traits and ways of thinking themselves to be happier, more effective, and more successful. So I think that for sure, 
staying connected and being awake for new discoveries has been my secret ingredient for being inspired every day uh, on doing my role, being in a, prof a professor or being in my work-life professional. And by doing that, I can have a positive impact in my team, uh, being my students, my team, or my team at the office, and also work together to create something amazing. So for me, it's that. Okay, thank you. Well, I don't know about the other uh, things that you have done, but regarding a professor, uh, actually, we can see as students that you like what you are doing and that you are motivated because you also motivate us uh, to, to be alert in class and to participate and so on. So, um, Athena is my professor <laughs> for the ones that... <laughs> No, it's a secret. It's a secret, but now it's disclosed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it's clear that uh, you like what you were doing. Okay, moving on. Um, bearing in mind that we are going through a pandemic situation, uh, do you think employees became less motivated and more stressed? So, believe it or not, Joanne, this is a question that a lot of people asked me in the past month and throughout all of this pandemic situation. So first of all, I think that it is evident the impact that this pandemic situation had on employees and on society as a whole, for sure. Um, so today we see on the news, on articles, on social media, uh, and it's good because we see much more information and awareness for mental health and the importance of cultivate a positive work culture that supports their employees. And it was for sure so demanding for many people to adapt to new work conditions because from one point to the other, we had to start working at home. We started doing our meetings that we're used to do face-to-face, -face, joining meetings online. And also it's very difficult in the sense to balance the professional life and the personal life. So thinking from my personal experience, um, I can just talk about for myself and what I felt. So I did not felt less motivated or stressed. I think that from the first day that we understood that this was happening, my team and I really adapted very quickly to this new reality. And we really tried to create a plan with daily meetings, activities, workshops, to guarantee that everyone was feeling well. But at the end of the day, it is, a diffi it is difficult to disconnect because when I see at the end at night, when I see a new Teams chat popping or a new email appearing, it's difficult nowadays to separate and force yourself to stop. Because when you go to the office, believe it or not, the trip when you're coming home to subway or bike or other means, there's a moment in which you stop and you disconnect. And that is very healthy. And for me, that would be something that I would really value. And uh, for me, what I think is that for a lot of people, that feeling, that disconnection got a little bit lost in this pandemic situation. But right now, although we don't know what's going to happen in the future months, but right now I feel that we are reaching an optimal, optimal stage. Because for example, in my company, two days of the week, I'm physically present in the office and the rest of the days I'm working from home. So for me, this is a very good equilibrium, not only because I really love and I'm eager to go to the days that I'm working in the office to have the social face-to-face -face interactions with my team and my colleagues, but I also love the days that I'm at home because they allow me to organize my schedule in a different way. And also, for example, be at Catholic on time to teach my classes, which is very important when you're moving around and traveling from office to, uh, to, to the university. So for me, uh, that would be my answer. 
Okay, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, I totally agree with you. And actually, I prefer the hybrid system at Catholic rather than going every day to school, not because that um, having classes from home is productive, because it's not, but uh, sometimes being one day or two days at home help us to, um, to organize better. Okay, it's good that we are going to the to university. We are um, now um, basically doing our lives as it was before. But uh, I was so used to the hybrid system mm -hmm. that some days, actually, I prefer to be at home. It's strange. <laughs> but, I understand. Yeah, there are some days that I say, oh, come on, now I'm going to the university. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Because, for example, I'm going to give a personal example, so simple, but I think it's so uh, so common in, in everyone. For example, uh, this week on Thursday, uh, I have a problem with one of my windows at my house. So I need someone to come here. So uh, it's perfect because I'm in that day, I'm working from home and you can come at 8, 8.30, work on there. So it will not impact my schedule and the traveling that I need to do in order to be um, at the office on the on the perfect time. So I think this hybrid system it's very positive and allows a flexibility, which is at the end of today something that um, a lot of employees and a lot of people value. Yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> okay, so now uh, relating stress and motivation, how does workplace uh, stress affect employee motivation? So. It really depends on your question if you're talking about, and I'm really, really going to oversimplify the designations, but if you're talking about bad stress, uh, which can lead for sure to lack of energy, focus, irritability, or good stress in which you feel excited and alive for doing, for doing something. So we all have the, the capacity to shift bad stress in good stress by seeing the potential benefits of the situation, by leveraging our strengths to deal with the challenge and by having a positive mindset. But the challenge here is the fact that people normally do not have the knowledge to understand when the optimal stage of stress was exceeded. Okay. As I understood, and how can we all understand when the optimal stage of stress is exceeded? Um, how do we know how we enter in a situation of overload that can lead to burnout, for example? So, um, Joanna has a little bit of an advantage over our listeners because we already talk a little bit of this in our class, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just for everyone to know. So, you know from what you learned in class that um, an optimal level of stress can be beneficial. For example, can have a positive impact on motivation, on your level of energy, on your sharp, sharp perception, on your calmness. So, at the end of the day, an optimal level can lead to employee to a high performance. But the question is, everyone should, should and need to be aware of the signs that your body gives you. So when you are in an overload stress situation, it's normal for you to feel irritable. Uh, some people can have insomnias. Some people, the, it relates in increased errors in the tasks that you are perform, performing. And other people can, for example, they become more indecisive in relation to several situations. So I think it is my responsibility as a manager and for all the managers that might be listening to us, to recognize uh, excessive stress in my employees. For example, I need to be aware of new part, patterns of tardiness or absence. Um, if an employee that normally presents an accurate work, um, something happens and the work that he's presenting or she's presenting becomes more incomplete. 
an employee that can be really easy going, who gets along with everyone, and then it becomes more ir irritable. So being attentive to these signs and having a transparent and open channel of communication, for me, can be one of the keys to avoid this situation, and that in some cases can escalate to a burnout stage. Mm, okay, yes, I totally agree, because uh, we are students, we need sometimes yeah. to like the, the dates of the exams and midterms and so on for us to uh, organize our minds and start studying for it. Otherwise, if we don't st have that um, pressure in order to study for that date, um, sometimes we are relaxed and we don't study so much. So I agree with the fact that we need uh, some stress <laughs> in order to be successful sometimes. Okay, next question. How can companies have help their employees deal with stress in a healthy way? So I tried to summarize the best that I could because I could be talking like hours uh, regarding this question <laughs> because there are for sure a lot of initiatives that companies can implement. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, it needs to be something that is present within the culture of a company. So first of all, it is important to lead by example. So leaders should set an example by being relatable and to model healthy behaviors to deal with stress, including on health tips and how to maintain an optimistic outlook. Then from a personal point of view, it is also essential to try to humanize the workplace with empathy and also to prioritize mental health, which is something uh, that a tiny bit of positivity that the pandemic situation also brought, which is more awareness to this thematic. Also, for me, it is also important to talk about stressors and the effects openly, because a lot of people don't talk when they're feeling stressed or overly stressed. So I think it's all, all very important to maintain a very open channel of communication. And companies, they have the means, of for sure, to provide mental wellness programs like meditation sessions, and managers can also have an opportunity to spend more time uh, across their employees with casual chats in order to deeper the bone, uh, the bond with them and make them feel cared for, okay? So companies can also encourage a lot of outside activities and encourage employees to take regular personal time, which is very important. So during the pandemic, like I, I told you previously, with everyone working from home, the boundary between office hours and personal time was completely blurred. Uh, and I think that with this blurred, everyone got a little bit mixed up. So the lack of boundaries adds also to the already existing stress of just living through a pandemic. So leaders must for sure encourage colleagues to take this regular personal time and more importantly, respect their time off. And finally, companies can also try to educate uh, their employees on different types of stress with several training sessions and in this way create a more open co culture uh, surrounding this topic in order for everyone to be aware of they can deal with stress in a more healthy way. Okay, yes, thank you. Um, and then, so uh, what is the importance of uh, organizational behavior? And uh, do you believe that it can improve employees' work quality and productivity, like uh, leading to more motivation and less stress? Yeah, uh, so first of all, what is organizational behavior for people that do not know? <laughs> so organizational behavior, it's a very interesting course. You may take it in Catholic if you want, another <laughs> university. 
So it is an interdisciplinary field at the core of management studies that dedicates to better understanding and managing people at work. So uh, within the bachelor degree course at Catolica, the students have an opportunity to examine organizations by looking at the behavior of individuals, groups, organizational level phenomenon like culture and structure. So it's a very rich, rich course at the end of the day. So therefore organizational behavior deals at the end of the day with how people act and react in organizations of all kinds. So if you think about of the many of organizations that touch your life on a regular basis, for example, organizations that employ you, that educate you at university, which is at the end of the day, it's also an organization. Organizations that serve you, inform you, feed you, heal you, entertain you. So knowledge about organizational behavior is an asset for every student and their future professional career and personal life as well. So, but you may ask me, ah, so Atina, but uh, imagine me, uh, but why? Um, you may ask me that in this course, um, we give students uh, a lot of tools for them to learn and know more about themselves. So at the end of the day, uh, when you ask me what is the importance uh, of this course, I can summarize in few sentences, but for me, they are the summary of what you do throughout the semester within this course. So at the end of the day, um, the perfect example is that we really try students uh, for them to know how can they interact eff effectively with others and how can they thrive and not just survive within an organization. We also give an opportunity for students to know more about insights about their own personality, emotions, values, job satisfaction, goals, perceptions, and so on. And additionally, we really try to share not only myself, but the other instructors, how can students learn more about being team players? How can they build trust? How can they manage conflict? How can they negotiate, communicate, and at the end of the day, influence others and lead others by example, which for our classes, we do practical exercises, we learn the theory, but this is very important skills for your professional life. And finally, we help students to build skills in areas such as self-management, listening and coping with organizational politics, handling change, and managing stress. So at the end of the day, you can also ask me, but Tatina, this sounds very, very theoretical. Uh, do students really understand the importance of what they are learning and even understand the impact that this might have on their on their career, namely, like you asked me, leading to more motivation. So my answer is very, very simple and very clear, which is the best feeling that I have is when I meet a student on an event or on a street, past students um, of mine that have begun their professional career. And some of them say to me, Atina, you have no idea on how everything makes sense now, and that I truly understood the impact of some of the topics that you learn in class. So when this happened, I can say that I did my job right and that I'm helping creating relevant teaching moments that students could embrace and use in future years while shaping a future and a, bet, a better work environment. So at the end of the day, organizational behavior, when you're teaching and when you're learning, a lot of the things that you might not value as much, when you start working, all of the things will start popping in your head and everything will for sure make sense. So hopefully I'm contributing to to the, the awareness of some of these topics that will for sure help you in your future life. Okay, thank you. Yes, I see like organizational behavior, even though we have to know the theory part, it's uh, most, we do like practical exercises so that we understand the theory clearly. And that's, that's very, very good.
So now we are reaching the end of today's podcast. Um, but before we say goodbye to you, Atina, we would like you to take part in our ritual. So I uh, will ask you a question that you would like to see answered by our next podcast guest. So this is the, the important moment of passing <laughs> the, <laughs> my question and the very difficult question for my next guest. So uh, the next guest will have to answer the following question. So, uh, and also related for sure with the topics of motivation, what I tried to talk a little bit today with you, Joana. So at work, can you point concrete successes that have resulted from having positive relationships with coworkers or clients? Okay, so talking about all of this ambience of team players, working in teams, importance of leadership. So the next guest will need to elaborate a little bit on that. Okay, thank you. Uh, good question. <laughs> thank you so much. So um, thank you so much for your time and valuable insights. It was a pleasure having you here with us today. Uh, our next episode will be online on the 10th of December. Uh, feel free to always reach out to us on social media accounts. Uh, you will find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. And looking forward to talking to you in two weeks. And until then, stay healthy and safe. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.